I am so glad that you are joining us online today. And before we do anything else, before we get into anything else, here's what I want to ask you kindly to do. Will you take just a moment? You've got time to do it right now. Would you communicate with a friend or a family member or both and ask them to join you in watching this service online? Uh, we're offering it, obviously, from the church's website, victorylakeland.org. They can join us that way, or they can join us on YouTube. Uh, we're available on YouTube, and if you're already watching on YouTube, you know that, or Facebook. And uh, by the way, if you would take just a moment, if you're watching us on Facebook, uh, go ahead and like us on Facebook. That would mean the world to us. It's really helpful to us. And in fact, if your friend joins us on Facebook, if they could like us as well, that, that's a huge help. We appreciate you doing that. And we're beginning a brand new message series today that is going to lead us right up until Easter, which is a couple of weeks away. And we're all already working really, really hard to get ready for Easter, and it's going to be a powerful Sunday. Even if we're not together uh, by Easter, uh, what we'll be able to uh, share with you is going to be a powerful, powerful thing. And uh, this new series that we're beginning today and then next week uh, deals with this reality of questions. Now, I, I want to take just a moment, and I want to ask you, when you hear the word questions, what do you think about? What, what goes through your mind? Maybe for some of you, when you hear the word questions, your mind goes back into the classroom, and you can remember a time when you're like, oh man, there was that test, and it seemed like it had a gazillion questions on it, and so that's what is embedded in your thinking. Questions, classroom, academics, a test. Now, there's a lot of you that you, uh, you have young kids. And so when you hear the word questions, uh, maybe your mind goes to a road trip, and you're about five minutes down the road, you got some little voices in the back seat, and the little voices about five minutes into the trip start asking, and, and you know the question they're asking, right? You've heard it a million times, when are we going to be there? When are we going to be there? And they ask it five minutes later and five minutes later, the entirety of the trip until you pull up wherever you're going to go or until they fall asleep, which you're praying to Jesus that they will. Questions, when are we going to be there? No, this is what we know. During this very unique time, uh, there's a lot of you asking questions that you've never asked before. Like, when will this threat, when will this alarm of the coronavirus be over? When's, when's it going to be over? Or, or maybe you're asking, the, the economy that seems to be, needless to say, in a tailspin, you know, when is that going to calm down again? Maybe you're asking questions like, when are things going to get back to? How long will it take us to recover? How long before we have, once again, this sense of normalcy? Questions that maybe you've never asked before. Now, in this series, here's what we're going to do. We're going to look at two questions that Jesus asked. One of the questions we're going to look at today, and I can't wait to get into this with you, and then another question that, that we will ask next week. Now, uh, what is amazing to me is, is this, that Jesus asked questions. Jesus asked questions. Now, we're asking questions of a different sort, and this is a stressful time in many respects. We know that. In fact, we saw this recently. Perhaps you saw it as well. Uh, there was a little guy. I believe his name is Ben. Ben's about eight years old, and like many families right now, Ben is being homeschooled by his mom, and I want you to see right over here what Ben wrote. This is his own handwriting, and this is Ben, eight years old, being homeschooled, and he writes this note during a little break. He said, it 
it is not going good. It, it's not going good. My mom's getting stressed out. And some of you moms are saying, I can identify with this mom. I am stressed out too. My mom is getting really confused. We took a break so my mom can figure this stuff out. And, and I like what he says here. He said, I'm telling you, as if we didn't believe him earlier in his note, I'm telling you, it is not going good. And some of you are feeling that way. Well, Jesus' questions were of a different sort. In fact, this is something that you may want to do sometime. If you ever go through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you look through the Gospels, here's what you're going to find. You could just go in and highlight them. Uh, over 100 questions of Jesus are recorded in the Gospels. And I want you to help me out right here. Would you agree? Let me ask you this way. Would you agree that Jesus knows everything, that he is omniscient? So you'd think, like, why does Jesus need to be asking questions when Jesus already knows the answer. Now, would you help me out? Do you believe that Jesus knows everything? Do you believe that? Do you believe that Jesus is fully omniscient? Of course you believe that. Some of you, uh, you believe that Jesus is so all-knowing that he even knows that what you're wearing right now, watching online, is not what you're going to wear when you gather back together with us when we're able to meet together again. And some of you are looking down and you're like, dude, you're right. I won't be wearing… Well, Jesus knows everything. And it's totally amazing to me that the one who knows everything, Jesus, that the one who has all of the answers, which is Jesus, could ask such fascinating questions. And this one that we're going to spotlight today is a question that, uh, you know, I think resonates with where we're at currently in our culture and really uh, globally in many respects. And the question is this, why are you so afraid? Why are you so afraid? It's a question that Jesus raised, and it's pertinent to this time. Now, some background here would be really helpful, and so let me just touch on that, and then we're going to get into the story. In Mark chapter 4, Jesus is teaching, and Jesus is actually teaching from, of all places, he is teaching from a boat. Now, the teaching, by the time we come to what we're about to see, the teaching is over. The teaching has wrapped up, and as it does, Here's what's going to happen. The evening's settling in, and Jesus wants to go to the other side of the lake. Teaching is over, and he says to his followers, his disciples, let's go over to the other side of the lake. This is Mark chapter 4, and I want you to pick up with me right here, verse 35. Let's look at this together. That day, again, the teaching is over. When evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. They're on the Sea of Galilee. Let us go over to the other side of the lake. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. That's really important. There were also other boats with him. Look at this. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern. Jesus is in the boat. Now, some of you may find this humorous. He's actually in the middle of this storm. He's actually sleeping on a cushion. There's a storm. He's in the boat, but he's asleep. Look at this next part right here. I want you to see this. The disciples woke him and said to him, look at this phrase, teacher, don't you care if we drown? Like, do you really care what's going on? Do you care that we're going through this? Do you know? Do you care what's going on? He got up. Jesus got up. What did he do? He rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. 
Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, and here's our questions for today. Here's our question. Why are you so afraid? Question that Jesus said. Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Now, all of this goes down. And here's a little portion of the background. This all goes down on the Sea of Galilee, which was known for storms that would just seemingly come out of nowhere. Uh, it was quite common for a storm on the Sea of Galilee to arrive unannounced. A beautiful day, a beautiful evening could erupt into a dreadful storm with little to no warning. Now, that's, uh, you know, something that, uh, you know, as I reflect back when I was a small kid, I remember a time when uh, I was traveling with my family, mom and dad, and we were going to visit some, uh, some family members, and uh, my sister, my brother, uh, myself, we were in the back seat. And so trip had been going well. It had been a beautiful day. Everything seemed to be going quite all right, and we're talking and conversing. But I noticed that my dad started listening to the radio a little bit more closely. And I noticed, and I, I you know, if I'd ever seen my dad really afraid before this time, I don't remember it, but I could notice even while I'm having a conversation with my brother and sister in the back seat that dad is starting to get a little bit afraid and he's listening and I can tell that something is alarming him. Well, there's so many, uh, you know, uh, facets to the story. I'll, I'll not take the time to tell it all except to say this. Uh, it seemed like in no time, out of a beautiful day, the dad suddenly, we were now long off of the interstate where we're traveling through a small town, and dad suddenly pulls into an area that has a covering over it, and we quickly realize that just ahead of us, a tornado has touched down. We can't see it, but it's close enough. We can see a lot of the activity. Dad's tuned into the radio. He knows exactly what's going on. And I mean, everything had been wonderful. Everything had been great until we find ourselves in the middle of the storm. Well, us kids, we're in the back seat and we're freaking out. My sister, uh, she's got a Barbie doll in her hand and she's like wringing the hair on that Barbie doll. And, and this is what she actually says. Debbie starts saying, you know, positive sort. We're dead. I know we're dead. We're not going to make it. There's no way we're going to get out of the. Uh, a real positive person she was in those moments. Well, she was afraid. We all were afraid when suddenly, out of nowhere, a storm comes up. And this is exactly what is happening in many respects today. Sometimes in life, we're just going about our normal days when out of nowhere, a fierce storm comes up. Haven't we seen that recently? If you're like me, at Christmas time, do you know at Christmas, which was just, you know, recently, relatively recently, at Christmas time, do you know how much thought I was given to the coronavirus or an unstable economy? You know how much thought? Zero thought. And you weren't given thought to it as well. The stock market was up, the economy is booming. Uh, you know, things are looking well. Uh, here in our city, jobs are being added. Industry is expanding. Things are looking great. Everything is up and to the right when suddenly out of nowhere, it seems, here comes a storm. Now, I truly believe that knowing the times that we're situated in, that Jesus wants all of us to learn some hope-filled truths from this event that we've just seen in Mark chapter 4. And here is the question again. I know you heard it a moment ago, but let me mention it again. Are you ready for it? Why are you so afraid? 
Why are you so afraid? Now, uh, two thoughts along this line that I want to give you, and I want you to jot this first one down. Write it down somewhere. Reach out wherever you need to. Put it on your phone or your tablet. But I want you to get this down somewhere. I think it would really, really help you. And it is this. Are you ready? Number one, whenever you're in a storm, always remember the presence of Jesus. Always remember the presence that Jesus is there. In fact, let's go and look at verses 37 and 38 again. I want you to see this. A furious squall came up, like out of nowhere. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Look at this. It's so good. Jesus was in the stern. Jesus was in the boat. And as we pointed out a moment ago, he is sleeping on a cushion. No. Where is Jesus? I mean, it's obvious because you see it here. Where is Jesus when the storm came up? Where is Jesus when the waves are nearly swamping the boat? You know where he is. I know where he is. We just read it right here in Mark chapter 4. Where is Jesus? Jesus is in the boat. Now, I'm going to ask you right where you're at watching right now, I'm going to ask you this question. You know the answer. It's rhetorical, and I want you to answer me back, if you will, and um, I I think it would be helpful. Say it out loud, and I know you may have your little dog, and your dog may look at you like, what are you doing speaking out loud? But go ahead and do it. Humor me, if you will. I'm going to ask you the question, and you answer out loud. Who is in the boat? Who is in the boat? Jesus is in the boat. I want you to say it a little bit louder. I mean, like, get really energetic. I'll ask it one more time. Who is in the boat? And we know that Jesus is in the boat. Now, I don't want you to ever forget that the person that you and I need most now and in the future is already in the boat. Some time ago, I, I read this story, and I brought it with me today, Ben Patterson is an author, and he talks about the Amazon River, the biggest river in the world. And I'll just read a couple of paragraphs from his book. He says, its volume, speaking of the Amazon River, its volume is greater than the Mississippi and Nile River combined. In the early days of European exploration, ships would sometimes be caught in the doldrums for days in the Amazon's, listen to this now, 90-mile-wide mouth, thinking that they were still far out to sea. They're in the river, but they think they're out at sea. Uh, Patterson writes that supplies would run low, water would be gone, and sailors, unfortunately, would die of thirst. Next paragraph, when South American natives canoed out to their ships, the frantic sailors would often ask where to find fresh water. The natives would often laugh and point to the water that was just beneath them. The sailors had no idea of the vast, as he writes, the vast quantities of refreshment that was all around them. Here they were, and what these sailors needed most was fresh water, and where was it? It was right there with them already. And I want to just remind you of a truth that you know, and I hope that it will encourage you. It certainly encourages me. Did you know that the very one who pours out, not fresh water, but living water, is already in your boat? He's with you. He's with your family. He's in your situation. Now, I I know. Maybe you're thinking this. If Jesus is in the boat, 
why would his disciples have to ride out a storm? I mean, if Jesus is in the boat, why would they have to ride out a storm in the first place? Now, if you happen to search the Gospels, you will never find Jesus saying this to any of his followers. You'll never find Jesus saying, okay, gang, from now on, now that you're with me, there's going to be no more storms. Jesus never says that. He never says, all right, you come into my family, you receive me as the Savior and the leader of your life, and I can guarantee you without a question that you're never going to face another storm the rest of your life. Jesus never does that. But what Jesus does is this. Jesus doesn't make any promises that the storms in life will not come along and rock the boat, but what He does promise us is even though storms may rock our boat, they will not sink our boat. Let me say that again, and it's true for you and your situation right now. There may be storms that feel like, man, this is rocking my boat, and it may in fact be doing that, but Jesus gives us a promise that it will not sink our boat which is why you and I can have real peace during this current storm. Did you know that the most reoccurring promise in all of the Bible is simply this, again and again it's found, I will be with you. I'm in your boat. I know what you're going through. I know about all of your fears. I know about all of your concerns. I know what you fear about your job. I know what you fear about your family. I know what you fear about your health. I know what you fear about the economy. He, he knows all of that. But Jesus is right in the boat. A couple of verses I want you to see. Look at this first one here, Psalm 46 and verse 1. Look at this. God is our refuge. Isn't that true? And we need to grasp this now more than ever. God is our refuge and strength. Look at this phrase, always ready. How often? How often? Always ready to help in times of trouble. Psalm 46 and verse 1. Look at this next verse right here. Look at this one. Deuteronomy 31, 6. You may want to get this one down as well. Be strong and courageous. Don't tremble. Don't be afraid. That's what Jesus was asking. Why are you so afraid? Don't tremble. Don't be afraid. The Lord your God is the one who is going with you. He's already in your boat. He won't abandon you. He will not leave you. Are we in a storm? Are we? Are we in a storm? Absolutely. But Jesus is in the boat. And although our boat may be rocked, I want to give you the assurance from Jesus, our boat will not sink. The presence. Always remember this in the middle of the storm. Remember the presence of Jesus. But secondly, be sure you get this down somewhere. Also remember, also remember the purpose of Jesus. Now, do you recall whose idea it was to go to the other side of the lake? Who came up with that idea? Well, Jesus does. It was actually Jesus. This is what he said. He wanted the boat to go further out. This is what he says, let us go over to the other side. It's not the disciples' idea. It's not some random person's idea. It is actually Jesus' idea. Now, I want to ask you a question, all right? I want you to really think about this right now. Here's the question. Did Jesus know that they would encounter this intense storm? Did Jesus know I mean, he suggested he's the one. They didn't. He did. Let's go to the other side of the lake. Did he know that they would go through a storm? Absolutely. Absolutely Jesus knew that. Now, I think by now, it goes without saying, but let me just mention the obvious. Everybody knows that Jesus did not create, Jesus did not cause the coronavirus. We know that. 
I mean, I've watched just like you a, a lot of news. I've read a lot of news. I've read a lot of information, and I've never found at one time anybody saying Jesus caused the coronavirus. Well, we know that that didn't happen, but I will tell you this. Even though Jesus didn't cause it, can I tell you Jesus wasn't surprised by it? And in case you're wondering, you know, was Jesus, you know, was he like, surprised that this would happen and because and just taking back to something that we talked about a moment ago when Jesus is all knowing when he's omniscient that there's nothing he doesn't know and that he knows everything well of course he knew that now I think it's also important to mention something that you may be wondering maybe you're saying well maybe maybe the disciples were a little bit out of alignment and Jesus just needed to bring them well actually the disciples were not operating outside of God's will when their boat got rod. In fact, they were simply following Jesus' instructions to go to the other side of the lake. Now, I want to just say this to you, and you can't miss it. If you miss this, then you're going to miss something that could really help you. So if you've got momentarily distracted, I want you to dial back in. I want you to turn. I want you to look back at the screen because I want you to hear this. Even when Jesus does not create a particular storm, Think about this now. Even when Jesus does not create a particular storm, he's always able to use storms to accomplish his purpose in you and in me. Can I say that again? Because I think you need to hear it and I need to hear it. Even though Jesus does not cause these particular storms, it does not mean that Jesus cannot use these storms to accomplish something in us that otherwise may be an opportunity that we wouldn't miss out on. Here's a question. You know, we're talking about Jesus' questions uh, today, and then I hope you'll be back with us next week for the second question. But here's a question that I think in this current reality that you and I can and should ask Jesus. And here it is. It's really a couple of questions connected. We could ask Jesus this. Uh, Jesus, during this storm, what is it that you want me to learn? During this storm, what is it that you want me to learn? And here's a follow-up question to that. Jesus, during this storm, how is it that I can grow more? How can I grow more? James chapter 1, look at verses 2 through 4 here for just a moment. This is James, half-brother of Jesus. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles come your way, troubles is not new. When troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know, look at this, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So, and this ought to be true for all of us, so let it grow. Let our faith grow. These are not easy times. These are difficult times. We know that. But let our faith grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. I can remember a time in my own life when, you know, as a teenager, I was just riddled by fear all the time. The smallest things, uh, you know, I laugh about it now looking back and just say, you know, I got it honestly. It came straight from my grandmother who worried. Mamaw, we called her. And Mamaw just seemingly worried about all kinds of things all the time. And I think maybe I just, you know, got it from her. But I was just always worried, riddled by fear. But little by little, from these, you know, moments and seasons of fear, I just learned some things, and I grew. And, and now what was once a great challenge for me is really not, it's not like nothing ever concerns me. It's just like fear is not dominating my life. Fear is not paralyzing my emotions because through those times, even though they were difficult times, even though they were times of struggle for me, even though they were times that put me right on my knees, that was exactly where I needed to be to learn and to grow. Now, 
Some of the people, when you stop and think about it, some of the people that you respect most, you respect their solid faith, you respect their their spiritual maturity, you respect their vibrant connection with Jesus, it is directly, for so many of these people, probably everyone for the most part, it is directly related to the fact that they have weathered some storms. Because how did they get to that place? How did they become so strong? How did they become so mature? How did they just have this vibrancy with Jesus? You know where it comes from? It didn't happen because they had an easy life their whole life. For many of them, the people that we respect most, we respect their walk with God, are people who walk through storms. And God didn't cause them, but He used them to greater develop His purpose in their lives, just like He's able to do with ours. Now, I really like what Rick Warren has said, and I brought it here with me, and I want you to see it as well. Look at what he says. It's a great statement. Anyone can bring good out of good. We know that. Anybody can bring good out of good, but God can bring good out of bad. Look at this next part, if you will trust Him in every circumstance. I want you to look at just a few more verses, and then we're going to pray. Look at this. This is rest of Mark 4. The disciples woke him and said to him, remember they're in the middle of the storm, teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then, look at this, then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. That's what a lot of us need right now. We need calm in our life. We need peace in our life. He said to his disciples, here's that question, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Can we take a moment right now, and I want to pray for you, right there where you're at. Maybe you just listen, but you would bow your heads and you would close your eyes for just a moment. I want to just say this. If you are already a follower of Jesus, you're already in the family of God, you've received Christ as the Savior and the leader of your life, that maybe what you need right now is to ask God to give you peace, to speak peace and calm into your fears, to speak peace and calm endure your emotions. I raised that same question for you today that Jesus asked, why are you so afraid? And in just a moment, in just a moment, I'm going to pray that God, no matter what has you most troubled, no matter what has you most anxious worried about right now, I'm going to pray that God is going to bring peace and calm into your life, into your situation, into what you're dealing with, your job, your business, your family. Then there are those of you that you're not yet in the family of God, and and I've just got to ask you, and I want to pray with you as well, because I I, I want to just ask it to you this way. You know, if Jesus is not in your boat, if Jesus is not in your life, what would stop you from saying yes to Jesus? And I just encourage you right there where you're at, right now, listening to this, that you would say, Jesus, I want you in my life. Jesus, I need you in my boat. Listen, the person that you need most right now and for the rest of your life is available to you. And here's the reality. Jesus wants to get in your boat. Jesus wants to come into your life. And right now, right where you're at, you can pray and ask Jesus to come into your life and to be the Savior and the leader of your life. Again, let's pray. God, I just pray right now. I pray for every follower of yours. I pray for every Christian that right now just has some sense of something that is causing them to be anxious and worried and afraid. I pray, Jesus, that you you would bring calm and peace into their life, just like you did for your disciples on that night in the middle of the Sea of Galilee when you stood up and said, quiet, be still. 
and calm came. I pray for every person that their faith is being shaken. I pray for every person that is anxious right now that you would give to them peace that passes all understanding. Peace that would, outside of you, be totally unexplainable. I pray that you would speak peace into their heart, into their emotions, into all of their fears. Let peace and calm come. And God, right now, For every person that is saying, I need Jesus in my life. I want Jesus in my boat. There is no logical reason for me to say no to Jesus. Why would I say no to the very one that loves me? Why would I say no to the very one who created me to be in relationship with him? And if that's you right now, I want you to pray this prayer with me right there. You can pray it in your heart and your mind. Dear Jesus, forgive me of all of my sin. I need you in my boat. I need you in my life. I can't manage my life. I certainly can't manage this world on my own. I need you. I want you. Come into my life. Best that I know how I receive you as the Savior and the leader of my life. And with your help, I will live for you the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. You can open your eyes now and and look up. And if you prayed that prayer with me, I want to say congratulations. Welcome to the family of God. And here's what we want you to do. There's some information right there on the screen that will tell you how you can get connected to us. I want you to do this. I want you to do it right away. I want you to let us know that you prayed that prayer, that you received Jesus, that you invited Jesus into your boat, into your situation, into your business, into your family. But most importantly, you've invited Jesus into your life. Would you let us know that? We'd love to follow up on you. God bless you. Thank you so much for being with us today. Whatever you do, be sure to be back with us next week. Between now and 9.30 and 11 o'clock next Sunday, please let your friends and family know. We look forward to seeing you next week. God bless you, everybody. We love you, and we're praying for you in Jesus' name.